Hey, good morning, everybody. How are you doing? Aren't baptisms amazing? Come on, somebody, let's give it up for the Lord and give it up for people that get baptized. I love that. I love that. Hey, we're uh, planning on, uh, if, you, if you're a guest here this morning, uh, I just hope you feel the presence of God, and then I hope you feel the presence of God's people, that God, we're, uh, that you, you come in here and there's open, open arms and open hands and open hearts, amen, and maybe, maybe you got at least a handshake or maybe you got a hug. I met somebody this morning for the first time, and they said, I'm a hugger. I'm like, come on, bring it on. It's good. It's good. I'm going to open up with... Uh, with a word of prayer, um, but we were planning on launching a series uh, starting today based around being the generous people. We believe that's so important, but it felt like it felt like the Lord was really kind of moving moving me to take the series that was after that and and move it uh, move it in in front of that because of just the times uh, that were in the the events of the world. That are happening now, and I, I felt like uh, the series that we planned for after would be timely. And so this morning, um, we're going to do a series called "Not Be Shaken." How many of you feel the shaking on the earth, in the earth, on the earth, through the earth? And I want to take a moment and pray, and and open up our open up the word this morning. But I also want to I want us to be aware and just just pray for. Uh, we, we've been praying, keeping Ukraine in prayer, uh, but let's keep Israel in prayer this morning uh, as well. Amen. Father God, I just come to you, and, and we humbly come before you. And, and Lord, we know that our, our, our prayer and our petitions can make a difference, because your, your word says if we pray with faith that you can move mountains. And so, Lord, this morning, I pray that you move the mountains in the earth that need to be moved. You protect the people on the earth that need to be, be protected. Uh, Lord, we know that um, your your word says that there's there's wars and there's rumors of wars. And Father, I can't imagine, I can't even remember a time in my lifetime when there hasn't been something happening. But God, we lift up the events of our world today, and we pray for we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for the wisdom of rulers. We pray for hearts to soften, and we pray that you protect people. I pray, Lord, this morning that this word is uh, hits the mark. It's timely. And that God, you uh, you just move in our midst the way that you desire to move. That you would you would basically help us to not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And we lift you up and lift it up in Jesus' name. And they all said, Amen. 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 Awesome. So listen, it's not like you can get through this life unscathed, right? Amen. Somebody give me an amen. amen. You know, it's not like you get through this life without some sort of stuff that's happening. I love the. Uh, I love the statement that Pastor Don Metcalf, our guest preacher, used last week. We have to help people survive the earth. But there's a way to walk when things are being shaken around you. And uh, first of all, I want to establish something super important, okay? There are seasons where God is doing the shaking. Come on, you got, you got to understand that. And it's good and it's ordained. How many of you realize that God is not afraid to shake some things up? And that's part of the discernment that we need is like, is this God shaking or is this the enemy shaking or is it just me shaking? What's going on? But in Acts 4.31, it says, when they prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. Somebody say shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So there are seasons, there are seasons that where the Holy Spirit comes on your life and it's the very shaking that you need. Amen. When was the last time you prayed 
and some things were shaken up. Come on, I want to just kind of challenge you to think maybe in a different way. In the book uh, of Acts, in, in chapter 2, we see that new, believe, new believers gathered, and while they prayed, the Holy Spirit ushered in the power of God in a, in a way that people spoke in new languages, gifts of the Spirit were distributed, and the world was turned upside down. Prayers that shake things up in the earth are absolutely needed right now. Amen. Politicians and presidents are not going to solve the issues of the world. We need to be push people. Don't be pushy people, but push people. Pray until something happens, people. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like this. Don't, don't be just a get-by believer. Sometimes we get lulled into apathy, and we're just like, hey, I'm going. I got my own thing going. This is good. And God says, no, it's not, just, it's not about you. It's about his plan, his kingdom, and what he's doing. Recognize that God may want to shake you up, and I know that can be a fearful term because it's like, man, I don't want to be shaken up. I don't want to be shaken up. Well, how are you doing with where you're at? Well, I'm not doing real good. Well, probably then God wants to shake you up a little bit. And it's a good thing. You've got to embrace that thing. See, 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 what would happen... What would happen if God empowered you and shook you up in a way that you've never experienced or maybe in the past you've resisted? What would happen uh, in your workplace, in your marketplace, in your school, in your neighborhood if God empowered you and equipped you in a whole new way? You go to school, for example, in an atmosphere that has the capacity to influence you and you become the influencer because of the power of the Holy Spirit. What if you showed up and things started to shake up? Oh man, here comes that, here comes that girl again. Or here, here comes that guy again. And stuff is shaking up. Listen, this is the power of God that we're talking about. In Acts chapter 16, verse 25 and 26, it says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Somebody say shaken. Somebody say shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. There are times when the power of God will shake the bondages off of you and lead you into freedom. Don't be afraid of the shaking of God. In fact, there's times when you've got to be courageous and say, okay, God, shake me up, break me up, take me up, do whatever you want to do with me because I am not happy. I'm not content with where I'm at. I understand something is missing. But the devil lulls us into this apathy. When was the last time you prayed and things were shaken? In prayer, that breaks you free from apathy? When was the last time you were in prayer that breaks you free from addiction, that heals you from hurts? When was the last time you were in prayer that shakes up your workplace, that shakes up your schools, that shakes up your community? We also see in the passage that doors were opened. I love that. Paul was in prison. They were in prison, and they began to actually do what we're all called to do, and that's to worship and praise him. Because, come on, let's be honest, 
A lot of times when you're in the prison of financial junk or relational chaos or, or physical or, uh, you know, things that basically aren't going well, that's, that's the least likely time that you want to praise, but it's the most likely time you should praise. It's the mo- because here's what happens is that when you're in that place, and come on, can I, get an, can, I get a, can I get an amen? There's times when you just feel like, I don't feel like worshiping. Life is stinks right now, right? I mean, this person did this to me. That person's doing this. She won't do what I want her to do. My kids won't do what they want. They, they, they should do, right? People are mean, and they're rude, and they're short, right? And you don't feel like worshiping in those times. That wasn't like a physical thing, Robbie, <laughs> seriously. My wife is always short with me. I'm just going to say it. She could probably work. I'm going to be short with you right now. But listen, those are the times when we don't feel like it. You know, we've just got a bad diagnosis. We've got a bad report. We've got some stuff that's going on. And that's the time when your flesh doesn't want to pray. Your flesh, well, sometimes we want to pray, and it's just like it's a four-letter word, help. But those are the times when, when worship is going to be the hardest, but then the Bible has this principle called the sacrifice of praise, where I'm going to do it anyway. And you know why you're going to do it? Because something supernatural happens. You know, like for me as a, as a, as a, as a, as a worship guy, and, you know, Robbie and I really started out music and being worship leaders. And, you know, for me, I'm like, when worship starts, man, I, my heart is everyone would be in here. And you know why? Not out in the parking lot yet, not out in the, even though the coffee's amazing. But you know why? Because I understand theologically and doctrinally that there's something supernatural that happens when God's people raise up their voices when their hearts are together because the Bible says that he abides in that. And it's almost like that clarion call. It's that, it's that trumpet that actually turns the ear of God and he says, you're worshiping, I'm coming. I hear the sound of worship, and I'm coming. I hear the sound of worship, and I'm going to be there in your midst. And they're like, well, well, God's always with us. Yes, he is, but there's different di- dimensions and manifestations of God's presence. There's something supernatural. I've seen more people get healed in worship than I have at the altar. I've seen more people get just, just emotionally uh, uh, restored and charged up. I, I've seen them go out with hope in the atmosphere of worship. That doesn't mean the altar is not important. It's important. It's all important. But, man, for me, this is like coming in and just realizing, man, there's something supernatural that's happening. So here, here's Paul and Silas, and they're praying in the prison. And it says, in the, and the prison was shaken, and they were set free. And it says, and doors were opened. I'm about ready to rename the whole series right now. Prayer shakes stuff up, right? Because it's about time. See, there's this wisdom that's needed to discern what the shaking is because God is determined to shake some stuff up. And he's always told us this. He's always, in his word, has told us this. In Haggai 2, 6, and 7, For thus says the Lord of hosts, Yet once more in a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all of the nations so that the treasures of all the nations shall come in, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. 
I mean, isn't that great? So when you feel the shaking of God, go, hey, you promised it. You said it. I believe it. It's true. And then we see in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 26 through 28, at that time, his voice shook the earth. But now he's promised yet once more, I will shake not only earth, but also the heavens. And this phrase, yet what's more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken. Sometimes God shakes stuff, so stuff falls off. In order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. And yet, we pray from a solid place. We don't pray and abide in a shaking place, even though God is shaking. We, uh, we, we pray from a solid place because further on in, in Hebrews 12, 28, it says, therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And th thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. Amen. That's a good word, huh? I want to get, I want to get back, though, there are times when the shaking is not from God. And we need to know how to walk through the shifting that can happen. See, the enemy is good at picking his spots. The enemy is good at picking his spots. How many of you have been walking through some sort of blessing, victory, momentum, ministry, family, job, success, and then been almost blindsided? It's like you think things are going good and then out from nowhere basically gets smacked. You get smacked. You're moving into the promised land, and suddenly there's a bad report, a diagnosis out of thin air. It's like walking on firm ground, and then suddenly there's a, it turns to shale or something that shifts underneath you, and you kind of shorten your steps, and, and you focus. And it's more than just surviving earth. As the Bible says, we're more than conquerors. There's some storms and some shaking that the enemy brings to destroy and derail you. So how do you weather the storm? How do you stay strong? How do you weather the shaking, especially if it's not from God? So here's some things that you need to build in your life. Amen? First of all, you need to build on the rock. You need to build on the rock. Listen, Matthew 7, 24 through 27 says, Jesus said, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like. I love that. Who hears these words of mine and does them. So many times we hear these words of his and we don't do them. And then we wonder why things are shaking around us. So he says, uh, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who's built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of us. You know, it's like we, Robbie and I moved about 16 years ago from McCall, Idaho. And if you've ever been down there, it's a mile high. It's in a snow belt of Idaho. And you all think you've had some bad winters up here? Ain't nothing, honey. I mean, I'm talking six, eight feet of snow. I'm talking snow still piled up in June. You know, so the first winter that we got up here, it was like, wow, it's snowing up here. 
And I'm like, this ain't snow, y'all. This is, this is good. But then it kept snowing and snowing and snowing. And then it actually got pretty big. And you know, one of the first things I did was I wanted to check. I knew the foundation of my house was good, but I crawled up and I actually got, you know, a builder guy that knew what he was doing. I said, hey, would you look at the trusses? I want to see if the trusses will hold this snow load. Sometimes you have to have a, an inspection of the things that you're building to see if they're going to hold up under the weight, if they're going to hold up under the pressure. Because anybody can do well when there's no pressure, but the problem is we're not promised no pressure. I'll give your life to Jesus and you'll have a no pressure life. Well, yeah, why? Well, because he said, well, my yoke is easy and my burden is light and he cares for you, so cast all your cares on him. And I get that. There's something that we need to do. But life can be tough. And there's people here this morning that, man, your marriage has been shaken. Your peace of mind has been shaken. Your health has been shaken. You've got somebody in your family that's that's got some sort of illness and you're not, you're not sure they'll survive it. And so, yes, there's not life without pressure. But you've got to sometimes inspect what you built and see if it will handle the weight and handle the load. There can be a, there can be a shaking from God that motivates you to build or rebuild something in your life. Sometimes it's a big old remodel. Amen. Sometimes there's a financial shaking so that you will revisit biblical money principles. Sometimes it's a health shaking so you'll revisit even some healthy living. Listen, you don't want to, I mean, there's this partnership with God. It's like, God, I need you to touch my health. Well, okay, I'll, I'll touch your health. If I was God, here's what I would do. I'll touch your health, but I want you to stop eating so many Big Macs. Right? Touch my health, God. Help me to be healthy. We'll partner with what God is saying. Partner with what God is doing. And you might need to rebuild some things in your life. You know, if you're, you're, you're having a problem like just mental anguish, emotion, fears. You know, I had, a, I had a young mom recently, not from our church, but just call me. And she said, she said, my you know, my, my, my little boy, you know, he's suffering from nightmares every night, and I don't really know what to do. And the first thing I said is, what is he watching? What is he? Well, we don't do too many scary things. Don't do any scary things. I'm sorry. Don't do any scary thing. Protect his mind. And we'll pray over him, and we'll pray over the, and, and we did. I actually, on the phone, I had her walk around the house, and we prayed over the house. I want you to go into every room, and we're going to pray right now over every room. And then I want you to partner with that prayer. And basically, I want you to, I want you to really protect, partner with that. And you know, the, the report was, oh my gosh, he's sleeping through the night. He's not waking up with nightmares. I tell you, God will do something, but there's a partnership on your, on your, on your part too. Upon the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Man, somebody could sing that right now. I mean, what an amazing truth. We live in and on an earth where things are being shaken by God, and the enemy also brings shaking and storms as well. And so we have to discern. Second thing that you build is you build intimacy with God. You build intimacy with God. Psalm 91, 1 says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. 
Psalm 91, 4 says, he will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You got to know where to go. You got to know where to hide. And I know there's going, I ain't hiding. There's a good hiding. There's a good hiding. And the hiding is in the Lord, being hidden in him. It's really important to understand that. Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run to it and are safe. And our lean, our first lean, especially if you're a guy up here in north Idaho and northeastern Washington, your first lean may not be to hide. You know, it might be like, man, I just need more guns. And I get it. I mean, you know, I do. But I'm talking about a spiritual principle where you're actually building intimacy with God. Because if you build an intimacy with God and you, and you hide in God's presence, there's something that God downloads to you on a consistent basis. Where you, where you find yourself in times where you need courage and you realize it's his strength and his courage that actually buoys you up. It's his stuff that he brings in those times of intimacy. You know, you don't develop trust with somebody unless you spend time with them, right? Think about that. I mean, right now, if I was going to do like a trust fall, y'all know what a trust fall is? I did a trust fall a while back out at Bear Paw Camp. And I'm like, okay, Jason's big enough. I kind of, I trust him. Uh... And he had like two or three like these little skinny girls. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm like 215 pounds of coiled muscle. <laughs> right? And I'm like, I'm going to do this, I hope. And you know what I did was I heard, I, 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 I just trusted. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I fell and they dropped me in. And I died. No, no, I'm not just. But the more you spend time with somebody, the more that you trust them. You know, you spend, you, you, you don't confide, right? You don't confide in people that you don't trust. And if you do, you're probably foolish. I, I spent a little time with a, with a brother the other day, and he, he, he said something that actually really, really touched me. He said, I don't, I don't trust and connect with too many people, but I am with you. And I thought, gosh, that is like the highest. And, I, I, and it, makes me, it makes me pause because I never want, I never want to you know, not value that or diminish that. And I'm thinking, okay, the more that I hide, the more that I spend time with, trust in the Lord with all your strength. Lean not into your own understanding. But so many times our understanding gets away of our trust. You know, we trust we, we, we try to get our understanding first and when we should start out by leaning into God. The refuge of the Lord brings restoration, confidence, and equipping needed to weather the storms of life. Amen? You, you guys all with me? The third thing is you build community. You build on the rock. You build intimacy with God. You build community. Part of you, uh, building your house right is also building the right community around you. You can have a beautiful house and be in the wrong community. 
I, I refer all the time to our church body here as community, as family. It's the only thing that Jesus is building. And it's a place where you can find support and people to walk with you. And it makes me think about a remodel at times. Most builders that I know, I've got, I think I have two or three builders in the church. They will tell you every time they'd rather build a new house than rebuild an old house. Because you never know what you're going to get into. You know, we are, actually did a big rebuilding here. We've done like three of them, more than I want to remember. I get PTSD a little bit when I think about it. But we, we decided to, you know, most of you know, we decided to put a floor across the little half-court gym that we had. And when we got into the support systems, we realized they were not engineered beams. They were actually like two-by-sixes just glued together. And I'm like... Cool. I love hippies out of the Jesus movement, but they did not know how to, you know what I'm saying, it's good. And so what we found was the load, the engineered load was either for the roof or for the third floor, but not both. Praise Jesus, we got into a remodel. Because sometimes what you find is some things that have been built haven't been built safely. And so now you get to rebuild and you get to do them safely. But when you're thinking about building, you've got to build community. It says in 1 Peter 2.5, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house. A holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So there's a story in the Old Testament uh, with a, by, uh, about a man named Nehemiah who was called to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. I'm not going to unpack that story, but you find that what he did was he used burned stones from the rubble of the wars that had happened beforehand to rebuild the walls. And when I think about that, it reminds me that we're all burned stones. And God is using us. The Bible says that he sets each member into the family as he wills. But we're living stones being built together. And so you got to realize that, you know what? We were rubble, but now God is actually, you know, you clean it up and, and, you, and, you, and maybe you reshape some things and then you set it in place. I mean, and when I think about a builder, I'm thinking about the Nehemiah and the walls and I'm thinking about these stones and they would take them and maybe some people would say, well, that one's too burned to be used. And Nehemiah would say, no, I think we can use that one. I think we're going to clean that up. We're going to reshape it. It's still going to smell a little bit like smoke. But we're going to put it in the wall. And then really, because when Peter is saying this, he says that you also, as living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. So it makes me think about the stone that would talk back. You know, the stone that would say, well, thank you for cleaning me up and thank you for reshaping me, but I don't want to be set anywhere. That's weird. You know, a stone by itself is one thing, but you take stones and you put them together, and some of the things that probably touch my heart the most are watching beautiful rock work, where somebody's just come along and they've, they've shaped stuff, and they say, well, this one doesn't fit, but this one fits here, and by the time they're done, there's a tapestry. It's artistic, it's beautiful, and it stands. You realize that the next generation and the generation after that are going to be viewing the same thing that you're actually being built for right now. 
To me, that's just like crazy cool. That is amazing. But you also have to recognize, because we're all burned stones to one extent or another, and some stay to repair restoration. Some of us are more burnt than others. Some of us are another more beat up than others, right? But the community here, the one that Jesus is building, it's not perfect. And it's always undergoing healing, always undergoing some sort of restoration, remodeling, correction, and equipping. And so you have grace for it. You have grace for it. You know, you, it's like, okay, well, you know, I, my, my, I've been restored, man. I'm a, I'm a beautiful stone. Well, you know what? The person beside you is a beautiful stone. Maybe they're not quite in the state that you are. I have a problem. I'm just going to vent. You know, a lot of people that they say, well, you know, the church is full of hypocrites. Well, you know what I think? I think the church is full of people that are still in the remodeling process. I think some of just, there's a maturity and some of there's immaturity and some in between. How many of you, like when your kids were growing up and they were immature, it could be really awkward. Can I get an Amen. And there's not one parent that would say, oh, don't you love my kid? He's so immature. Said no parent ever. So God is building us into a mature house, into a mature place. And sometimes it takes a while. There's times when I love the, I love the story Joel told a few weeks ago where our little granddaughter, his daughter, um, Avery, was basically, you know, you know, gave him a little sass and put her hand on her Head and he said, I am not ready for you to be a teenager yet. I'm thinking that is so true. I love that. Every time I see her, I'm like, hmm, okay. But here's the thing. As a good father, he doesn't want her staying in that state. He's going to have grace for it. You know, he's going to continue to, to, to be a great dad for her and, 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 and mature. But I'm telling you what, those experiences of your kids, I don't, I'm not even going to get up here and tell you how awkward Pastor Joel made Robbie and I feel at times. I'm not going to do that. Because immaturity, yeah, come on. <laughs> immaturity is not something that we should espouse to. And so the body of Christ is being matured up. It's being matured up, and it's in different stages. I don't expect somebody that's like, you know, at, at 12 to act like somebody that's 20. And if somebody is 20 acts like 12, then we got a problem. Right? Okay. I wasn't talking about your kids. In fact, the passage just before the one we read states says, therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, all envy, and all evil speaking as newborn babes. This is Peter speaking to the church. He's saying, I'm, you've been set in as a spiritual house. Jesus is building a spiritual community and a family. And Peter is actually talking not to unsaved People that don't know God are talking to people like you and me. And, and, and he's saying, therefore, lay aside all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, all envy, all evil speaking, because it doesn't look good on you. And it's not what you're created to be. You're created to be a living stone set together in a tabernacle that basically uh, houses the presence of God. 
if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. There's still some remodeling and restoring to be done, but it's a good house that Jesus is building. And Jesus is building a strong house that's safe shelter. The world is looking for shelter, and they don't know where to run. I grew up listening to like the Rolling Stones. Give me shelter. I grew up listening to Bob Dylan. Shelter. The world is looking for the shelter that only the body of Christ is actually put together to provide. Listen, I was reading the other day about the account of Jesus. I'll bring our worship team. You guys can make your way up if you would. I was reading the other day about the account of Jesus being in the house, doing amazing things, and the place was so crowded you could not get in. It says in Mark 2, verses 1 through 4, and again he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Can I just time out you right there? My heart's desire as a shepherd, and I believe your heart's desire as just people of this house, would be that the biggest thing that they hear on the outside is that he's in the house. I don't know about that place up on the hill, but I just have heard that Jesus is in that place. That, that, so, so I love that. They, it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so where there's no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. I'm, this thing is packed. And he preached the word to them, and then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him, because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. And so when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. I love the story of the four friends who brought their friends to the house where Jesus was and they wouldn't be denied. They wouldn't be denied by the weather. They wouldn't be denied by the crowd. They wouldn't be denied by the awkwardness. They wouldn't be denied the fact that they couldn't even get, they said, hey, let's, let's talk. How can we get him in there? Because this is the most important thing that we need to do for our friend. And so they get up on the roof and they made a hole in the roof. How many of you, if you owned that house, would love somebody to put a, roof, a hole in your roof? He said, hole. Because it's like they're, 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 they're lowering this guy down on his bed. And I don't know, but that always touches me. I just, two thoughts that really hit me. First of all, be like those four friends to someone. You know someone. You know someone that's basically in agony. You know somebody that's anxious. You know somebody that's got health stuff going on. You know somebody that's got family stuff going on. And I'm telling you, the answer is not presidents or politicians. It's actually the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he's the one in the house. And you bring him to the house. You bring him to the house. Don't just come to the house, but bring someone to the house. I love that. I love that. I, I, I just... I just love inviting people. I do. Golfing the other day, and we 
had an opportunity to just kind of connect with somebody. You know, it's like, hey, and I just told him, I said, you know, you know that, you, oh, you know, I don't know, but you know, my wife and I, we, we probably need to get going somewhere. I said, listen, if you come to the house, if you come to the house, uh, Robbie and I were taking a walk the other day and, you know, a guy in our neighborhood just, just kind of pulled, you know, pulled up and rolled down the window and we just started talking about the things of God. And I said, man, you go, do, do you go anywhere? No, I don't want I'm so busy. And I'm like, listen, if you come to the house, I'll, I'll preach the best sermon I've ever preached. I, I think every Sunday I'm going to get up and preach the best service I've ever preached. Because you know what? It's not me. It's him. It's his word. It's his spirit. You and I are surrounded by people all the time that need someone to reach out. Secondly, I want those kind of friends. I not only want to be like those friends, but I want those kind of friends around me. I want somebody that's courageous enough and loves me enough and's compassionate enough and bold enough when they see that I'm hurting, when I'm you know, dealing with something, that they go, hey, listen, you're not going to walk through this alone. That's community. You may be here today because of some friends that brought you to this house to encounter Jesus. And I think, you'll, I think you'll find those kind of friends in this house. The Bible says that a man who has friends must show himself to be friendly. You may have been walking or may be walking through some shaking right now. That shaking may be God trying to wake you up, trying to set you free. Now, we want to pray for some people this morning. It may be that God wants to break some apathy this morning. It may be this morning that you're here and because of just the stuff that's been going on, you find your heart numb. Recently, I found my heart was numb. I wasn't crying at funerals or laughing at weddings. And I realized, Lord, you need to soften my heart. Soften my heart. Because there's so many things that are happening getting assailed by a culture that's shifting and an enemy that's trying to destroy you. It may be that God wants to renew your sympathy and renew your soft heart. It may be that God wants to shake some bad habits or addictions off your life. You've been created to be free. You haven't been created to be shackled. There's not one good parent, not one good father that would want their son or their daughter in chains. And I believe there's probably people here this morning that you've got some chains. One form of addiction or another. Might be pornography, might be alcohol, might be drugs. It could even be addiction to just like the praises of men, people approval. Sometimes we just, we just get addicted to just all kinds of stuff. It may be that God wants to heal, restore some things in your life today. It may be that the Lord wants to restore a boldness. Can you just stand up with me this morning? Or maybe today you're lonely and you need connection. Here's what I'm going to do to start. I want you to just bow your heads and your hearts for a moment. If you're here this morning, and maybe one of those friends brought you to the house, 
but you haven't making that step of profession and confession to say, Lord, I can't live without you. Jesus, I'm here this morning and I cannot live without you. Please come in. Come in, forgive my sin. I turn my heart to you. My life is never going to be the same. If that's you this morning and you've never made that profession of faith, I want you to raise your hand and you're saying, today I'm going to do it. Today, I make a decision. I cannot leave without, I cannot live without Jesus. Raise it so I can see it. We do this in community. This is family. We, we got somebody over here in the back. Okay. Anybody else this morning? I can't see up in the uh, up in the balcony. Hey, all you ceiling fans up there. But if you're here this morning, you say, I cannot live another day without Jesus partner with you. Can we put our hands together and celebrate for people that have made that decision today? I've got some prayer teams that are going to come up right now. I really believe that God wants to shake some things up. And it's okay. Be, be courageous. Realize that if God wants to shake some things up in your life, so if you're here this morning and you're going, I know I need God to shake some things up in my life. Maybe it's a heart that's numb. Maybe it's a heart of apathy that needs to be broken. I want you to, and we're going to worship for just a few more minutes. I want you to come up and pray with somebody. If you're here this morning and you feel like I need some shaking because the enemy has been shaking, I need, I need, some fir I need to stand on some firm ground. Whatever I've talked about that's, that's, that's landed and taken a place in your heart this morning, we're going to worship for just a few minutes this morning. And I really believe God's going to set some people free. If you're here this morning and you felt like I do need to get baptized, come up and, and, and talk to somebody up here. And, and we will we'll baptize you. Amen. Can we just lead, can, can you just lead us in some worship? Can wash away my sin, nothing but the blood, nothing but the blood. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood, nothing but the blood.
again, I don't know. I just, I just feel like God wants to soften some hearts. If you're, here, if you're here this morning, would you just have the same heart that David did where he said, search me, oh God, know my heart. See if there be any wicked thing in me and lead me into thy everlasting way. If you're here this morning and you just feel like, ah, just have got numb. The wars, the rumors of wars, the, the, the conflict, the fighting, the, oh my gosh, so many things and you just find yourself, you've just kind of put a shell up. I want you to raise your hand. Come on. Jesus, right now, I just pray for people that you would soften our hearts. We've been in a lot of wars. There's a lot of conflict. There's a lot of stuff that's not right. And sometimes we feel helpless because we can't change it. And so then what we do is we go into self-protection. We go into kind of a survival mode. But I pray that right now that you would just soften the hearts. Your word says that you took a heart of stone and you gave us a heart of flesh. But God, sometimes the enemy wants to take that heart of flesh and turn it back into stone so that we're not caring, we're not kind, we're not empathetic, we're not sympathetic. We don't reach out. Father, I just pray that this, this church community, this house, has an amazing heart to reach, to restore, to rescue, to renew. And we just praise you and thank you. I pray you would bless your people today. I pray that, God, you would create in us the kind of things that you have desired and called us to walk in. And in the name of Jesus, I pray. And they all said, Amen.